This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rachel Abbott and this is The Leader. Today we're giving you some bonus content taken from our business show, How to Be a CEO. It's an opportunity to hear from the most powerful people behind some of the world's biggest brands. This is actually a cut down version of the full episode. To hear the full thing, you'll need to hit the link in the show notes. Find a new episode of How to Be a CEO every Monday morning. And why not give it a rate, review and follow whilst you're there. Now, let's begin. When is your company going to be 10 years after it was founded? How about valued at one and three quarter billion dollars? I can't complain. Overnight success takes 10 years. Um, <laughs> it was hard to believe back then. For others, I of course believed in it. Timo Bolt is the CEO and founder of Gusto, the company that disrupted the food industry in 2012 by sending boxes and recipes for what to do with what's inside them to people's homes. The subscription meal kit industry is globally worth around $20 billion today. And Timo was there right at the start. In the early days, you know, this was me writing recipes myself, going to the market and then hand delivering to customers, giving customers my personal phone number so that they called me until like 1am at night and <laughs> it was crazy. I'm David Marsden from the Evening Standard. Now this show is about how to be a CEO and there are no quick ways. But what about appearing on Dragon's Den, I hear you ask? Well, Timo did that with Gusto and didn't get any money. So when I meet him, I kind of want to know... What happened there? How the world has changed in 10 years, Timo. When you were trying to explain what a food box was to a group of people who didn't understand what the concept was about, Duncan Ballantyne said to you, you probably remember this, I don't see any way you'll ever make any money. Now, your, <laughs> your company was just valued at one and three quarter billion dollars. A lot's happened in 10 years, hasn't it, Timo? I can't complain. Overnight success takes 10 years. Um, it was hard to believe back then. For others, I, of course, believed in it. But, um, but you yeah, know, the world has changed so much since then. I launched 10 years ago. 
Dragon's Den was a huge milestone, hugely fun, 40 cameras. It took two hours of, of you know, recording, 40 cameras. You know that every time you're sweating, you're red-faced, that's what they will edit, you know, and show. Uh, it's a quite daunting experience, but no, really glad. And Duncan became a customer subsequently. So I'm really proud that he became a customer, yes? He did say in the episode, I'm going to become a customer, but I'm not giving you any money. <laughs> Gee, and that was I'm after sure he you'd, regrets it. You'd got him up to do the, the demonstration. You had Duncan creating a gusto box right there in front of you. But when you said that, you, the, the two of you seemed quite nervous about asking, oh, do, does anybody want to make one of these? Well, so the challenge was... The, the electricity didn't work inside the den. And so we had to pre-boil everything and, and kind of fake it on camera, pretending we're cooking. But obviously the dragons weren't briefed on this. So we had no clue if this would kind of look horrible on TV and, you know, it might taste like rubbish. And, and so it was quite improvised after eight hours of waiting in the BBC studio in Manchester to be on stage and then suddenly being told, you know, oh, sorry, the cooking doesn't work, by the way. Like, can you just quickly boil the potatoes in the corner before you go in? So, <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> so I guess that was probably a lot of people's first introduction to your company. Did that maybe highlight some of the issues you might be going to face, you know, trying to persuade people this is a good way to use recipes to cook a subscription box did you did you struggle at all to get that idea across yes david <laughs> <laughs> that's the short answer it was hugely difficult because 10 years ago to convince anyone to buy food online was quite like novel and weird and you know shelf life issues and it wasn't so common uh, now obviously the world has shifted um, and I guess what we saw back then was 40% of food is wasted in the UK. And if food waste was a country, it would be the third largest country after the US and China in terms of CO2 emissions. And so we managed to reduce it by 94% by taking it out of the supply chain and by giving you exactly what you need. But back then, articulating that concisely felt really difficult because, yeah, just so novel back then. Was there any kind of really effective way of getting that message out? What was the, the, the most, the best bit of marketing you could do? Well, give customers a box, you know, give, give investors a box. I actually back then send food boxes to venture capitalist funds in, uh, in, in Berlin, uh, in Stockholm. You know, we were looking for sustainability-focused, mission-driven investors. And so we tried to ship these boxes across the UK so that people could actually feel the food, see the product, get excited. Um, and so we developed a lot of recipes that didn't require any refrigerated items. Um, so perfect for vegan recipes. Was there a lot of having to do pitching to potential investors? I mean, and how did you kind of... How, was there a secret to it or did you have to just kind of make it up as you go along? I think Rocky Balboa very eloquently said it in one of his Rocky movies. And he says, you know, winning is not about how hard you can punch. It's about how hard you can be punched in the face and, and you know, not fall down. And I mean, it sounds horrible, but the key lesson for me and, and still is, is it's all about resilience and being okay with rejection and not giving up. You know, if a hundred people say no, you know, I mean, of course you have to be open to feedback and you have to refine what you're doing, but maybe you just need 110 people. 
Um, and I always tell the story, but I send so many people a Christmas card asking for them to mentor me. This was 10 years ago. One of them was El Gore. And since then I had, you know, 10, well, sorry, not 10, but I had three dinners with El Gore and complete serendipity. But no one ever says, Timo, who are the other 50 people you send a Christmas card to who haven't responded? Oh, that's a shame. You wasted so much money and stampage and so on. Uh, you know, the only thing that matters is kind of the one person that loves you, loves the idea uh, and, and, and backs you. Um, and so, yeah. The, the cost of 50 Christmas cards is definitely worth dinner with Al Gore, <laughs> isn't it? Even just one. And you, you I, I wholeheartedly agree. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. So was there a lot of, I guess, cold calling? Was it a big hustle to try and get stuff? How how much work went into getting money or getting marketing as much as getting the product right? Yeah, I mean, you know, we had an amazing team and I'm so proud that some of them are still working with us. We actually have, you know, Aiden, Ricardo, employees who joined as interns in the first year, like literally when we had five customers, um, I, absolutely incredible. They're still in the business and so, so blessed, you know, the team we had. And then there was kind of, as you said, like the pitching, the investor side. And yeah, it's all about the hustle, meeting as many people as possible. You know, I, I remember boarding trains to go to Paris and just, just meet as many people everywhere. And, and through the process, figure out what type of capital is right. Where's the chemistry? Are they buying into purpose, mission, values of, of what we're trying to achieve? Or are they just trying to make a profit in, in two years and flip it? And so we really wanted somebody who yeah sticks with us for, for the long term. Yeah, and I guess that works with the team that you're working with as well. You talked about the people who've been there since almost day one. This must have been a great journey for you guys. Has it felt like an adventure or has it, has it felt like trauma? I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, entrepreneurship is such a steep roller coaster of, you know, terror and then excitement, you know, enhanced by lack of sleep. And uh, it's a weird experience in many ways. I feel so blessed to be on this journey. And I feel enormously privileged to have, you know, had these for, for having these experiences. Um, and, and ultimately, it comes down to the people. If you love the people on the journey, it, it's such a joy and such a privilege. Was there a point when it when you did feel this is going to work? Was there a specific moment when you thought, yeah, OK, we're, we're going to be OK, this is going to work now? You know, I get this question all the time and it's really hard to pinpoint down these moments 
I think we hired a few people uh, that are still in the business that have done between six and 10 years. And every time we hired these people, I genuinely, after a couple of months, felt like my life is getting so much better. I see the results and what they're achieving. These people are amazing. Everything is kind of shifting. And these moments kind of foreshadowed success the most. Um, so really, really proud of the people on this journey. All comes down to them. As the company has grown and while, and as you've been looking for larger and larger scales of investment, does that change how you do the strategy to, to make those pitches? Do you, do, do you write individual pitches for different people or is it the same thing for, for everyone? Everybody gets the same, the same power slides. So I, I would argue that two things one we have really professionalized investor relations we brought in somebody who's done it for five six years at gusto now he deserves a ton of credit barnaby you know our cfo has done a ton of pitching with me and so we have a very experienced kind of team and a very kind of rigid process very very like data driven we meet lots of funds for chemistry fit we don't waste too much time on funds and so that that, that side has improved and then on a personal level I don't prepare for pitches. I meet people. You know, I tell my story. Um, the team kindly puts together a couple of slides and they're fairly like standardized. And I look for fit. How do investors think about the world? What's their value add? Are they truly thinking in 10-year terms? What like, you know, painful experience that they have in their portfolio that points towards learning and reflection? Um, you know, how will they act once they're on board? And so I, I think you can only mess up your shareholder base and your board once. Uh, it's a very painful experience, I'm sure. And so far, I'm been, I've been so glad our shareholders have been the biggest asset. They've been huge cheerleaders. You know, we've got people like Joe Wiggs uh, invested into Gusto. And so really, really grateful to them. Yeah, Joe Wiggs is a, is a recent investor, isn't he? What's it like to, to get that kind of celebrity status? alongside the the company yeah we had like a couple you know in the early days andy peters uh came to the office when we were like 20 30 people he invested early i mean he made a huge return we had a couple of very high profile ceos from the us running like the biggest companies in the us and and so we had a few people where it, where it felt quite special and i was really proud sharing the news with the team uh, and i think again it's it's you know testimony to their hard work um, yeah, I mean, Joe is particularly awesome. He is the nation's PE teacher. He was a customer. He then messaged me saying, hey, why don't we meet up at some point? I love what you're doing. I love the purpose of feeding families across the UK. He came to the office. We became friends. You know, we we started a commercial partnership. Joe Wicks is on the menu every week. So, you know, I have, have some of his recipes every week. They're awesome. And then at some point he said, look, you know, I've never invested into a startup, but could I give you some money? And uh, I I don't think he's ever regretted it. I mean, he smashed it um, through Gusto. And so he's very happy. We're really happy. He's such a great person. And it's really rare to meet people like him who is so committed, so driven, and so like values and purpose uh, are obsessed as we are. That was Timo Bolt from Gusto. For the best business news, interviews and analysis, go to standard.co.uk forward slash business or pick up the Evening Standard newspaper. How to be a CEO is back first thing every Monday morning. Why not start your week with us? 
Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.